It's time for Recipe of the Day. If you've been listening to me for a while, then you know that I am obsessed with the reverse sear. And I know I told you about the reverse sear steak the other day, but what I really, really love this technique for more than anything else is for doing larger cuts of meat like roasts. This is when you cook meat at a low and slow temperature right from the beginning. No searing first, no putting it in a hot oven first, just the low and slow. And then you let it rest and then you put it into a hot oven or into a hot pan to sear it at the end. And then you serve it immediately. So what is going on here is that the crust that we get at the end is going to remain nice and crispy and crunchy because you do it right at the end. It's not going to have any chance to kind of steam off or anything during subsequent roasting or during subsequent resting. But also because we rest the meat before we do that sear, and then the sear is pretty quick, so it doesn't really heat right into the middle of the meat in a way that's going to get all the juices kind of simmering and moving again, which is of course the reason that we rest the meat. We want all that to calm down so that when you slice into it, the liquid doesn't come like storming out of the meat, right? So you rest it, it's all calmed down, then you sear it nice and brown on the outside for a short time. That doesn't disturb the juices inside. And then you slice or serve it however you're going to serve it immediately, and you get the nice crisp crust and the nicely rest meat with no juices coming out, and that meat was slow cooked, so you know it's extra juicy, tender, and delicious. Okay, I think I've convinced you, so today I am telling you how to do a reverse sear roast beef. I'm going to start by saying that I don't think you should try this for the first time on like an expensive prime rib roast. You need to make sure that you like this technique first, that it works for you before you go and do it on a very expensive cut of meat. You know what I mean? In particular, like I was saying for the steak the other day, what happens when you do this low and slow roast and then sear is that the meat is actually very, very evenly cooked throughout. So think about how roast beef often is where, even if you like it kind of like medium or medium rare, it is most rare right in the middle and it gets sort of gradually less rare as you get towards the edge of the slices, right? And that is what we're pretty much used to. And so a lot of times people who like their meat at say a medium temperature, what they really want is the medium to be in the very middle and to have that sort of more well-cooked like gradation along towards the edge, right? And with this technique, you don't get that. If you are having a medium roast, it is medium all the way through. And that can be off-putting to people. It can be not exactly what they expected. And in case that is you, that is why you would want to test this on a less expensive roast first and see how you like it. And like for me in particular, I actually like my roast beef when done in the reverse sear method to be a little bit more well done than I would using another method because I want that color that is now throughout the whole beef to be like somewhere in between what I want the middle and the edge to be in a traditionally cooked roast. I think you understand what I mean. So what kind of beef are you going to test this on? I've tried several
several different cuts. The eye of round and the bottom round, I did not like for this at all. Much better as pot roasts. I even tried doing some brining on them to see if I could make them nice and tender in a dry heat roasting kind of method, and no, it just was not good. The best one that I did was a rump roast. So if you are thinking about getting a prime rib for some special occasion coming up and you want to test out this method first, I highly recommend that you do the rump roast. Or if you just want to have a nice Sunday dinner roast beef and you don't want to break the bank spending it on that prime rib, get yourself a rump roast and try this. I think you're going to really like it. Okay, so if you go to the recipe for this on Cook the Story, my recipe on Cook the Story, you'll see that there's actually two methods being recommended in there. There is the original way that I was doing this where you roast the meat low and slow and then you sear it in a skillet on the stove and then you let it rest after that. Now, since doing that, I've actually started doing this roast beef in a slightly different way, and that involves resting it before the sear and searing it in the oven instead of in a pan. And I actually prefer that. It's just a little bit easier, and you don't end up resting the roast after searing it, which I talked about at the beginning, because you want, as soon as that meat has gotten that nice crust and sear, that's when you want to serve it, so you want to rest it first. So if you go to the recipe on the site, you will see that the actual recipe at the bottom has this step for doing things on the stove. And then there's a note at the bottom, like a double asterisk, explaining the method that I'm going to tell you about now, or just in a second. I'm going to explain why this is just in a note and not just transferred into the recipe. I actually know that this recipe is used by a lot of people. It gets a lot of visitors to it. And if they've been making it before, or they've bookmarked it, or they've come to it, they are used to those instructions in that recipe. And I would hate to just delete them and put something else in there. So I've left that exactly as it is for anybody who has been doing it that way. And then I've put these newer instructions in the note underneath and also above in the blog post under a heading about doing it in the oven so that you or anybody who wants to do the way that I'm talking about now can find it easily. This happens often if I'm retesting older recipes that I don't want to change something that people are using and like. I want to update the recipe and give you my new thoughts and new ideas and maybe the newer technique is better but I don't want to screw anybody up if they've already been doing something and they like it, you know? Okay, let's get into actually making this roast. So you're going to use a three to four pound beef rump roast and you want it to come to room temperature. And this is because our goal is a really evenly cooked roast and it is going to be most evenly cooked if it is all at the same room temperature before you start. So it's a three to four pound roast and you're going to let it come to room temperature temperature for like a good 30-40 minutes and then you're going to rub it all over with a tablespoon of salt. You can add other things at this point if you want. That is totally up to you. Black pepper, garlic powder, some dried rosemary is nice. I would avoid fresh herbs on this because I think they will burn later. I actually haven't tried it. So I usually just do salt, pepper, and garlic powder and I will remind you what my mom says about the garlic powder and the pepper when seasoning a roast is you put more than you think you need, and then you put some more. And that is because when we are doing a roast, we are only seasoning the outside. It doesn't reach the inside. So the outside can be really, really powerfully flavored. And then
then that's going to help when we bite into it and there's pieces in the middle that are not seasoned. You see what I mean? Okay, then you're going to put an oven-safe rack, like a cooling rack that you would use for baking, but a nice metal one that's oven-safe. Or if you have a roast rack, that goes onto a sheet pan and then the roast goes on there. And then you're putting it into an oven that is set to 220 degrees Fahrenheit. That is very low. And I am going to say very strongly that when you are at the grocery store buying your roast, you should also buy an oven thermometer. They usually sell them where the different kitchen utensils are and they're not very expensive. And this oven thermometer goes in your oven and you make sure that your oven temperature is correct. For doing this low heat cooking, if your oven is off by 15, 20 degrees, you're cooking at 200 degrees Fahrenheit, which is not going to do it. It's going to take longer. Okay. Now, if you are unsure about this very low cooking and you're like, no, no, this can't be right. She can't mean 220. You could do it at a higher temperature. It's going to be ready a little bit sooner. You can do it at 275. You can do it at 300. Those are still low, gentle temperatures to roast this meat at. The best thing to do is to have a probe thermometer that has a little reader on the outside of the oven. So you stick the probe into the middle of the roast and then there's like a wire attached or sometimes they're like Wi-Fi enabled or something. I don't know. And you have the reading outside of the oven so you can watch. And when it gets to the temperature that you want, you take it out. Now, the great thing about this method is you are going to have the resting and searing time at the end and you can use that to make your side dishes and stuff. So if you're like, wait, if I'm using this thermometer and I'm using a different temperature and if the roast isn't ready when I want, how do I make everything else be ready at the same time? It's okay because you can prep everything else before or like while the roast is cooking and then you have that like good 30, 35, 40 minutes after the roast comes out of the oven to finish everything else off, okay? So then that roast is going into the oven for about 80 to 90 minutes or until the internal temperature reaches 110 degrees Fahrenheit for rare, 120 degrees for medium rare, 135 degrees for medium, and 145 degrees for well. Now note, this is not the finished cooking temperature because these are going to come out and rest and their temperature is going to rise and then we're going to sear them so that can make it go up just a tiny bit more as well. Once the roast has reached your desired temperature, you take it out and tent it loosely with foil and leave it alone for 20 minutes, even 30 minutes, especially if you were on the more well-done side of this because it's very hot in there at this point. So 20 to 30 minutes. Now you can leave that roast right on the rack and pan that it's on or transfer it to a different pan, no rack needed, if you want to use any drippings that are on that pan to make gravy while the roast rests. Then towards the end of that resting time, you crank up the heat in your oven to 500 degrees Fahrenheit. If it doesn't go that high, turn it as high as it goes. And once it reaches that temperature, the roast is going back in there until it is nice and brown on the outside, about 10 minutes. Keep your eye on it. It can happen pretty quickly. Then that roast comes out of the oven. And since you rested it already, you do not rest it again. You slice it thinly and serve. I am really excited for you to try this. And if you try it and love it, come back to Cook the Story, the site, and leave a comment and a rating letting me know what you think about it. I'd really appreciate that. I love hearing what you have to say. So I will put the link for this recipe in the show notes for this podcast episode, or you can head to cookthestory.com slash ROTD and get it there, or join our Facebook group. I post the links to the recipe of the day recipe every morning in the Facebook group. So that is always a great way to find the podcast episode and to find the link to the recipe. That group is at facebook.com slash groups slash recipe OTD. 
I am Christine Pittman from CookTheStory.com, TheCookful.com, the all-new chicken cookbook, and from this podcast, Recipe of the Day. I hope you have a great day. Let's get cooking. <laughs> 